You're listening to Shep Life with 1FM's Terry Cowley. And this week, our subject is local historian and photographer and ex-teacher, Jeff Alamand. Good morning, Jeff. Good morning, Terry. Good how, to be here. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, fine. Lovely day outside. You probably don't recognise that <laughs> being in here. No, I don't know that about that yet. I'll, I'll enjoy that after the show. But um, who were you waiting for, um, Jeff? <laughs> well, that particular song reminded me of um, waiting for my wife, I suppose, uh, my girlfriend at the time. And, um, yeah, a really big part of my life but way back then. So this is your, uh, you're talking about Judy? Yes, yes, Judy. You have four grown-up sons now and three grandchildren, so you, you, you're talking about um, a fair way back? Yes, yes, we've been married for a number of years now. We are married in uh, 1983, not long after I came to Shepparton. And, um, yeah, four lovely boys have all left home. That's good, a new stage in life. Okay, well, let's start there maybe. When you came to Shepparton, let's rewind from there. Now, you were born in Kyabram, grew up primarily at Maryborough. You trained as a teacher in Bendigo, and I think it was your teaching position that brought you to Shepparton. Is that right? That's right, yeah. When I did teacher's college in Bendigo, I didn't get a position straight after. Um, Went to Perth and uh, went to uni there and did a phys ed course. And while I was there, after six months, I got invited to take up a position at Boucher Street Primary School in Shepparton. What grades were you teaching? Uh, I was thrown into grade one and thought, hell, what am I doing here? It was an absolute nightmare. Why? Well, you think you know everything coming in and then when you sit down with this small group of young, young children and um, not having had a lot of experience with really young children, I was really thrown in the deep end but had some good teachers around me and then uh, each, each class I had after that got better and better. You also uh, had teaching positions at Kyla Central School and Guthrie Street. That's right. Um, ended up getting uh, getting married and um, uh, left teaching for a time and then got back into it. And, um, yeah, well, I was at Kyla Central and then spent about five or six years at Guthrie Street. Sounded like you had a wonderful childhood doing things like, uh, you know, just getting out in the bush and really, um, yeah, real, real boys' own adventures. Yes, I love the outdoors. Um, I I had a rabbiting dog and I had ferrets and I spent a lot of time hopping on my bike with my ferrets on the back and my dog dog running beside me out catching (laughs) rabbits. And, um, yeah, that was a a life of adventure and a a lot of good times in Maryborough. It sounds sounds idyllic, was it? Yes, it was. It was a great childhood. Um, But you you did have to overcome one significant challenge, didn't you? Yes, when I was nine, I had um, um, I had pain in my knee and pain in my hip, and they couldn't work out what it was uh, at the local hospital, and uh, they ended up sending me to the children's hospital to get tested, and I had what was called Perthes disease, which was a uh, uh, where your hip socket starts to chalk away, and um, if it's not treated, um, uh, you could um, have severe problems. But the treatment was putting me in a full body plaster cast for six weeks where I had to remain um, perfectly straight, either laying on my stomach or laying on my back. Big challenge for a nine-year-old boy. Yes, it was, but um, the the hospital got a little trolley for me that I could sort of lay on and push myself around, so that kept me interested a little bit, but um, after that was a caliper on my leg that um, supported the weight uh, 
of my hip. Uh, it was sort of made up of a seat and um, a caliper, and I was in that for about six months. Uh, that all healed up, but then the disease went to my other hip, and I had to go through all the process again of full plaster cast. And um, but I think I only had the caliper on my leg for about three or four months, not quite as long. Do you remember uh, finding out that you had to go through it all again? Do you remember that feeling? No, no, I, I can't recall okay. that at all. Well, um, hopefully, it wasn't too traumatic then. No, um, prob- probably the thing that saved me back then was um, when I had the caliper on my leg, I still was fairly active and it probably got me into teaching too. The school teacher I had at the time was fantastic. Uh, whenever they went out to sport, it involved me with everything. I felt as though I wasn't missing out. And then the other thing I did was join the local youth club, which was was only about four or 500 metres from my house. And I joined that and the leader there um, became a bit like a, a father figure to me for the rest of my life, all through my teens. Uh, he was a policeman who who was involved at the youth club to help help kids. And um, yeah, he helped me a great deal in my growing up years and really helped me when I had the calipers on my legs. Hmm, so a really significant um, event that probably instilled in you a bit of resilience, do you think? I think so. Um, yeah, you, you sort of roll with the punches a bit. You put yourself in the hands of the medical practitioners and hope that they're um, um, doing the right thing. Do and, they, do um, they it worked not ca- right. causes that disease? No, it, it, it's, uh, it happens a bit in boys mainly. It doesn't, doesn't happen much in girls. They, they did say it, it could have happened from a fall. Okay. And I re- do recall throwing a, um, a rope over a, uh, the top of a bridge that, that was over a drain and I was climbing the do. rope this day and it, it came undone and I landed and landed on my backside and that really, really hurt. And that could have could have brought it about, but they're not, not really sure. But no um, ongoing issues into no, adulthood? No, no, completely healed. Growth sort of, uh, it, as you grow, it uh, disappears. Yeah, you just had to take a lot of the pressure off the hip socket and um, allow it to heal. Um, and it did, thankfully. Now, you started the Lost Shepparton page in, I think, 2013, and the Lost, you know, insert town name, has become a real phenomenon, hasn't it? It really shows that people are, I think, hungry for history. Would you agree? Yeah, I think um, hungry for local history. And I think a lot of being a school teacher, um, I think we could do a lot more for history if we started introducing to children and um, it ends up being with adults too our local history can inspire us to be curious and to to find out um, what's happened in the past so you're often sharing uh, archival photos that bring back wonderful memories for people I think uh, some of the topics you've covered are things like the old post office, which always gets people going. And I mean, I'm not even from Shepparton originally, and I just every time I see that, I just go, "Why, why, why? I want to know who's responsible." Let's yeah. <laughs> and um, and the old photos of the Raymond West swimming pool, which is the, now the lake. Is that right? Yeah, and aqua moves. Yeah, aqua moves in the lake. That yeah. just, I mean, obviously, a lot of those sort of things wouldn't work today because of occupational health and stuff. but it does just it's so evocative of that seemingly carefree era aren't they yes the time of freedom definitely yeah and, childhood um, and yeah ice blocks in the sun and diving off high boards and things like that and that, that's what it does terry is when you it's what i love about um the facebook page is being able to show a photo and it takes people back 
to their childhood, whether it was in Shepparton or wherever they've come from. And um, it really struck me because uh, I was never really interested in history. As a primary school teacher, I tolerated it and introduced a little bit to my students, but uh, I wasn't working at the time and I was looking for something to do and um, I had a little project with Undera Primary School and I need to look for some old photos for this project and I went on to the internet and typed in um, historical photos and I found the Facebook page Lost Perth and I looked at what the guy was doing there and it was incredible. Um, he had thousands and thousands of fans. He was producing a book. He asked his community to help him fund the book. And this is exactly what you've done. Yeah, well, um, just to finish off that little little story, because it's amazing, he, he wanted to raise $25,000 to produce a, a nice book of um, Perth photos, and his community gave him $75,000. Wow. And I thought, wow, what is this about local history? And I, I typed into Google uh, Lost Shepparton and uh, wasn't there, so I started Lost Shepparton and then I found Lost Melbourne, Lost Adelaide, Lost Edinburgh, Lost Chicago. Lost, and, you um, name it. Are you, are you running other Lost Pages? Well, during that time I wasn't working. I ended up starting 20. <laughs> um, lost Maryborough, where I came from, yeah. Lost Kyabram. Um, and I saw the value of a community being able to share their stories and photos about the past and I figured um, uh, I wouldn't keep them all going and hopefully find a local person to take them over and now I, I really only do Lost Shepparton and I have co-editors for most of the other towns um, which has been really, really good. It always amazes me you'll put something up so like, you know, um, a debutante from 1960 and you'll put their names and invariably a family member pops up and tags someone and says, hey, look, there's mum or grandma or the, the connections are amazing, aren't they? Yeah, they meet old friends and that's yep. just absolutely wonderful. That They'll is. go on there and then someone else they haven't, haven't seen for 20 years or more. One of the good things about social media. It's not yes. all good, but that's one of the good things. So this really parlayed then into you linking up with the Sheraton, the Shepparton rather, Heritage Centre and, and it may be closed at the moment. Yes. Due to COVID restrictions, but you're the manager of That's the right. Heritage Centre, which I think I always thought was just fantastic to have someone like you there because previously the hours were very restricted and it was something like, you couldn't even remember what they were. It was no. something like three to five on a Thursday. Like it's just, it's not really conducive to no, community. I understand why that was the case. It's just mm. lack of funding and personnel, etc. But it's wonderful to have generally speaking, uh, when restrictions aren't in place, someone at that museum uh, because there is so much in that little museum there, isn't there? And it's, I don't think people realise. No, it's a, it's a wonderful museum and our biggest problem is that people look on the outside, see the little little cottage and uh, maybe an old building next to it and think, oh, gee, yeah, it might be a museum, not much in there, but everyone is blown away yep. as to the, the large collection we've got. Now, this is the museum, in case you don't know what we're talking about, uh, listeners, it's the museum opposite the police station, the Shepparton Police Station. Uh, if you are going by when uh, when it is reopened, please do go in and have a look because there's an incredible amount of stuff. In fact, there's too much in there and you need a new building. Yes, we're bursting at the seams yep. and um, our new building uh, that we're working on, it's not fully public knowledge yet, but we are talking about it because when the new council is is um, instituted we'll be approaching them to launch launch the project and it's to rebuild the old post office on oh, that wow. site um, that's a big that's a big project yeah the little cottage would have to go it's not a heritage building it's a, it's a it's a new new building uh, built on an old style 
and um, we'll recreate the old post office in all its glory. Um, from the outside, it'll appear like the old post office, but inside it'll be new galleries, uh, give a small storage room and so on. Uh, the clock tower re- will be rebuilt, and we hope to have tours up the clock tower. So we've got big, big plans. Um, that is big plans if you're going to do it authentically, which I'm sure you will. Yes, we wanted to, we've got all the old plans, the um, 1882 uh, plans of the building, and so they've been um, redrawn. Which is the uh, same site? It'll be on the museum site. Okay. Yes. Where, so where the little cottage is, that'll go. I was hoping you might say, say on the original site, no, get we, rid of that eyesore that's there now. Yes, it is an eyesore, but it's a million-dollar building, and I don't think that'll be knocked down. So, um, But what it'll do Fair for enough. the museum is people will see the post office-like building and think, oh, wow, that must be a great museum. An inspiring exterior for an inspiring interior. I get Very it. much so. Well said. Okay. Now, one thing we haven't talked about in our chat today is Kids Town. So tell me about how that idea came about and how you were able to pull it off. Yeah, as I think back, quite amazing. Um, uh, Family of four boys, four young boys. Um, uh, My wife's parents lived in Queensland, so we had a number of trips to Queensland with four boys and you would stop at um, toilet spots and we looked for toilet spots with a playground so the kids could use up a bit of bit of energy. Well, that those trips to Queensland, we saw some really interesting playgrounds and it got me thinking for Shepparton, um, other than International Village, where we're sitting now, uh, when it was operating, it had the, one of the best playgrounds in the area and it closed down. And uh, the thought's just... I'm a bit of an ideas person. Um, and I was away from home... Uh, one weekend I couldn't sleep and my mind was running wild with, gee, what if we could build in Shepparton one of the best playgrounds in Australia? And I thought, well, we'd need a sponsor. And I just came up with the thought um, SPC would be a good sponsor. We could call it Shepparton Playground Complex. And Not that's very exciting name, Jeff. No, no, it wasn't at the <laughs> time, but it needed funding and I thought we, need, we needed a, a sponsor. A working so title. That's how the idea started and I shared it with people, I shared it with my students. I was teaching and the idea started to grow. And uh, obviously it was put together bit by bit and is still always being improved with different sponsors. Yeah, we were, we were, we were um, um, really spoilt, I suppose. We... Um, we managed to get some funding, but it's. could I just tell this short story of how we got our first funding? Uh, I was working to get SPC and had a meeting with the CEO and he said, um, yeah, Shepparton Playground Complex, SPC, we could probably, yeah, we'd be interested. Keep me informed. Um, this could work for us. Um, and then I, we needed a, a block of land. I formed a, a steering committee and I was looking for places where it could be built and um, my wife suggested I check out the fruit connection site between Shepparton and Marupna. And I said, no one's going to go to a playground there. No, I'm not going not to go. She said, go, have a look at it and see what you think. Well, as soon as I rode my bike onto the site and had a look around, I, th- I thought, this is it. This is the site. So, Smart lady, that Judy. Sorry? Smart lady, that Judy. Yes, she has been very <laughs> smart in my life. Um, so I then, uh, some stage later, I, I went and spoke to the CEO of SPC, very excited, and told him the new what we what we decided as the site. And he said, "Jeff, you choose that site. We're not going to be involved. We're not interested. It needs to be around SPC." That was the whole idea. Well, I was mm-hmm. torn. 
what do we do? Do we choose it and have to find another sponsor? Well, um, we ended up choosing that site and um, we ended up getting Ardmona Foods as a major sponsor. I so asked they them. were separate to SPC at that separate time? Separate to SPC. Um, David Taylor was the CEO and um, I asked them for $10,000. And he looked at my list of what we were trying to raise and I had $100,000 in naming rights. And he said, well, sorry, Jeff, we're not going to give you $10,000, but we'd like to give you $100,000 oh and we'd like to have naming rights. Did you kiss him? I just about <laughs> did. Um, uh, th- and then we built the fruit bin climbing pyramid and um, it was uh, a success and that then enabled us to raise more money and build more play areas. So did SPC take over that company? Yes, SPC and Ardmona So they combined. got it anyway. Yeah, they, they actually... <laughs> and now SPC have their name on the sites, SPC Kidstown, and what which a, is wonderful. What a wonderful legacy it is, yes, Jeff, yes. and still um, a great tourist attraction and great for our local kids as well. Yeah. And we were talking about other challenges. We are going to run out of time, unfortunately. But um, yeah, apparently you had a heart attack in 2004. You look like... you. you you're still relatively young. You look very fit. Yes. Yeah, what it's happened? It's not just the fit and well people that get I guess heart not. disease. I and, guess not. Um, yeah, it was my seventh year at Kidstown and um, three o'clock in the morning I got a severe heart attack and, um, yeah, uh, had to have open to? heart surgery, triple bypass, and then oh my, my heart had further damage. I had to have a left ventricle reconstruction. So, um, Were you working too hard? Uh, there was a fair bit of stress at the time. Um, stress and, uh, is never good. Probably stress-related, my doctors say. Um, Gee, just shows so, what um, stress can do, doesn't it? Yeah, well, it changed my life and I was able to get involved in other things. Council took over Kidstown and I'm greatly, greatly relieved they did and I really thank them. Uh, they've done a great job. Wow. That's, uh, that's a pretty amazing life story and I'm sure we've only just scratched the surface. Um, thanks a lot for coming to uh, talk to me today. My pleasure, Terry. I've really enjoyed it. Thank you. So what, uh, what, what's for the future, Jeff? Well, more history. We'd like to, we'd like to get the, the post office um, ah, yes. project on, just, on the museum site. That's just a small little um, Yeah, just a, just a small project. Um, so that's, that's the main challenge. And, yeah, just, just finding um, a way through COVID and, um, yep. and the new world that that's going to bring. So you'd like another sponsor to come on board, the tune of 100 uh, We're looking for a K. major sponsor, <laughs> yes, and I'll ask them for $10,000. Never know what will happen. You've been listening to the Shep Life Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on SoundCloud. Find it on the 1FM Facebook page or search Shep Life Group on Facebook. Once approved, you'll be kept up to date with links to future shows. If you'd like to hear the show live, you can tune in to 98.5 on your radio or stream through fm985.com.au or the TuneIn app on your Android or iOS device. Friday mornings from 9am to midday.